Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If everything was just Roger Rabbit Toontown, then we wouldn't really be having a problem. You wouldn't have to think what the other humans look like. Because we have what appears to be a madman fan convention inhabiting the world outside of the Mushroom Kingdom, I just found it a bit troubling. This week's episode of Radio Motherboard, we're not going to talk about Donald Trump for once in our lives. We're going to talk about video games, and so I thought it'd be good to have one of our Waypoint co-workers on the cast, Danielle Riendo. Thanks for coming on, Danielle. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to do this cross-vertical synergy with you yeah, guys. Yeah, and you guys are doing a politics podcast this week, and yep. <laughs> it feels like the last four or five have been somehow related to Trump or the apocalypse, so I thought in the last couple of days we have of President Obama, <laughs> we shall talk about yeah. <laughs> the Nintendo Switch, and most notably, I want to talk about a piece we ran the other day that has lit the internet aflame, as they say. We have Zach Coatser here. Zach, do you want to tell us the general thesis of your piece? I dedicate probably too much of my time thinking about Mario's origins in that we understand he's an Italian plumber, but lives in the Mushroom Kingdom, a fantasy world of oversized turtles. But where is Italy in proximity to the Mushroom Kingdom? There are a lot of questions left unanswered in this Mario canon, and now there's only more questions than ever after the trailer for Super Mario Odyssey, which begins with Mario entering what appears to be New York City or something very close like it called New Donk City. And so the thesis is... Mario is not one of us. <laughs> yeah, Donk City is inhabited by what appears to be normal, average human beings, uh, and Mario is something much more cartoon land. It brings up the question, well, if Mario is not a human, then what is he? It's a very good question. Yeah, I want to let that hang for a mm-hmm. moment <laughs> as we ponder. What is he? So I, I, I have to ask uh, a couple of things here, Zach. I read this piece... And I laughed a lot, and I was very, mm-hmm. I was very happy. I was mirthful, you might say, as I was reading this piece. There are a couple of things that stood out to me. Uh, the first is you definitely make a claim that Luigi is more attractive than Mario. That is one of the main things I gathered from reading this, and I, I want to hear your thoughts about 
why you think Luigi is the more handsome brother. This is very important to me. I need I need to hear. Is it his ghost fighting skills? <laughs> well, I I'll be honest with you for a moment. I didn't add that in there, but I will uh, endorse that statement. I also didn't remember reading that. Is that something you? <laughs> just... it's, it's definitely in the piece. It's like Mario and his better looking brother Luigi. I'm paraphrasing, but it's it's. I totally think you're right. I there. think something to that degree was added in there. Um, <laughs> But I, st- I st- I'll right, stand, well, somebody's I'll a stand Luigi by fan. it. You know what? I'll stand by that. Okay. Let's boil it down. Mario, he's a bit of a generalist. Luigi, yes, he can uh, deal with ghosts. He's also better at jumping, which in this world goes a long, long way. Can we run through the evidence here? Because you- you've mentioned some of it. The Mushroom Kingdom is filled with walking turtles that... Well, actually, so is Earth. Earth has turtles. I they don't do know why walk. I chose that. Mm-hmm. Yes. They don't really have uh, humanoid features the way these turtles do. In fact, you could argue the Earth's turtles are a little bit more flexible than the Mushroom Kingdom ones, which walk from left to right. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Your argument is not based on the fact that Mario is of slightly different proportions to the people we see in New Donk City, correct? Like, that's one piece of evidence, but it goes far beyond that. You go you go kind of deep in this piece. If everything was just Roger Rabbit Toontown, then we wouldn't really be having a problem. You wouldn't have to think what the other humans look like. Because we have what appears to be a Mad Men fan convention... <laughs> inhabiting the world outside of the Mushroom Kingdom, I just found it a bit troubling. It reminded me so much of that uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror when Homer lands in the dumpster of the real world and wanders down the street before going into an erotic cake shop. I actually did an article about that. I did like a deep dive on the history of that because that was one of the first CG scenes in basically television history. So that was a very interesting thing to to get into, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, Let me I interrupt think... every time you get any momentum. <laughs> this is the most Twilight Zone we've ever uh, been subjected to in the Mario world. Yeah, I wanted to ask you something based on this, and now I'll actually talk about one of my biggest questions in the piece, which is, have you played much of the Sonic Adventure series, which, which sort of had Sonic in a 3D world with realistic, quote-unquote, human beings as well? I played them in, like, junior high. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, the the appropriate span of age, but I guess even then it kind of rubbed me the wrong way that uh, what really wore out Sonic was just this constant attempt to assure us that he was cool. Sure. Like <laughs> the fun of the games couldn't be cool enough. Sonic would have to like have a new moody friend named Shadow. Sonic would have to fight robots. Uh, fight Gundams in outer space, uh, Sonic would have to save the human race. And I believe, not in the adventure series, but Sonic does make out with a human yes. princess sort of stand-in. In, Sonic uh, 2006, he definitely has a an intimate moment with a human woman, uh, which is it's also something I feel like has been brought up here. This and is something that Emmanuel Myberg really likes to bring up, who yeah. is our weekend editor and a failed PC-building guru. <laughs> Uh, but he uh, he has a weird obsession, perhaps sexual, with Sonic. Sure. Um, and I will fight to the death anyone who says Sonic Adventure 2 is not an amazing game. I really, really like that one. It also has one of the best uh, intro songs, like that series where you're just running down the streets of San Francisco is wonderful. What I think might be lost on detractors of Sonic Adventure is it's a game of its moment. It really was like a very extravagant tech demo for the Dreamcast sure. at its time. So if you play it now, it just seems ridiculous that 
the game cuts to like 30 seconds of running from an orca smashing up a boardwalk. <laughs> but if you flash back to like 1999, then you're thinking like, I can't believe it. I can't believe video games are capable of having me run from an orca smashing up a boardwalk. Or from a gigantic runaway truck that has materialized out of nowhere. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I think it's something that, that keeps coming up during this discussion of, of sort of Mario Odyssey because of that uncanny juxtaposition that happens in the adventure games. Like, you're in a city that looks kind of like a real city around people who look kind of like real people. But you're Sonic the Cool Hedgehog, or you're Big the Cat, or you're one of the various Sonic friends. But here, I think it's a little more complicated because of the whole, you know... Mario being Mario human. Humanoid. Yeah. Yeah. Argument. We're over a decade in of Sonic semi sharing the world with regular humanoids and not just uh yes. a bunch of a bunch of angry circles. Also, Mario is Italian or is portrayed as Italian, which you bring up. Uh, we are made to believe that he's from Italy. Yes. And I suppose we can believe that the Mushroom Kingdom is just like an island somewhere on planet Earth. Or like some sort of like somewhat alternate dimension slightly off to the side. I, I believe the, the live-action film with Bob Hoskins yeah. presents it in a very kind of cloying opening statement. They have this, like, fake video game kid-pick-style intro of dinosaurs talking, and then they they, they <laughs> introduce the idea that, hey... They, they, ask, they ask the audience to swallow a lot all at once because they're just like, hey, what if the asteroid that destroyed the dinosaurs uh, didn't destroy the dinosaurs? What if instead uh, it put them into an alternate dimension where they continued to grow into uh, Dennis Hopper and a bunch of uh, early 90s club ravers uh, and continued yep. to be that to this day? And what if they came back? Where are we? <laughs> Feeling we're not in Brooklyn no more. You know, <laughs> part of me wishes, part of me wishes that the movie was a bigger success, so that the continuing Mario games would have somewhat reflected uh, that moment in time when Mario and Cyber Goth Ravers were closer than ever. Well, I, maybe we're getting that. Maybe Odyssey. Maybe we'll see some this scenes is the tie in. Yeah. <laughs> in Mario Odyssey that really kind of tie it all all together. Miyamoto's uh, been sitting at his hope. desk in Nintendo this whole time, just like planning out the larger scheme of things. This is he's playing yeah. the long game. So you guys have a better finger on the pulse of the uh, Nintendo fanatics out there. How is this being taken? Not your piece, but the idea that Mario can visit New York City or something that looks very similar to it. Because I saw uh, some Twitter chatter when the Switch was revealed the other day. You weren't the only one who it rubbed the wrong way. But uh, I would imagine that we've probably seen uh, in Internet Take Society uh, the alternate, you know, Miyamoto can do no wrong, Mario can do no wrong. Once you, this take came out that Mario's not a human. So... Are people upset about this, and should they be? <laughs> I find people are more petty than upset. I list a lot of very specifics in there, and uh, the nitpicks come out. I think one genuinely interesting piece of information that I think is very much worthwhile to bring up is I've gotten a few tweets that point out that in a licensed style guide from 1993, it does refer to Mario as a homo nintendus. And not oh. not a Homo sapien, yeah. Like I guess at the beginning of like a Wiley. So that's the long form birth certificate. Yeah. 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 
Uh, it wasn't like a public document or a strategy guide. I believe it's from like if you were to do some cross promotion with Mario, uh, you'd get these like booklets that just like tell you everything about the styles of these characters, what they look like, how they act, and what frozen yogurts they can be affiliated with, and what frozen yogurts. <laughs> they can. Mario milk. I have to ask. I, I've had a theory ever since reading your piece that it has to do with the food that Mario has been eating in the Mushroom Kingdom. All the mushrooms, literally, that he's been eating have turned him maybe perhaps somewhat into a hybrid, perhaps, like of, <laughs> of human and Mushroom Kingdom toadstool princess person, that sort of thing. I don't know how you feel about this, though. I don't know if you feel that the mutation theory has any weight. It, it's a good working theory, but my only qualm there is that I would argue Mario looks even less human than, say, Princess Peach, who we can assume has lived there her entire life. Mm. Unless it might be the sort of, like, there's something in the water kind of thing, and what you have are the Toad, who are, like, the most devolved and deformed of them all, who have been subjected to, like, the drinking water out of the well while Peach is uh, treated to a much safer, less contaminated supply. And then maybe the Mario brothers are somewhere in the middle where, you know, they wine and dine with the great unwashed from time to time, but also spend a fair deal in the palace. There's a whole class theory going on here. This Yeah, is... I've wondered if you've gotten any sort of pushback from people saying that humans are a diverse race full of people of many different skin colors, heights, proportions, etc. Is there anyone saying that you ha- are, you know, intolerant in that sense? I've gotten a lot of photos, uh, less of that, but much more photos of pedestrians and people in the world who just resemble Mario and Luigi as, like, evidence <laughs> of, of course, they're human. One detail I just wanted to point out is if we're to assume that the humans in Super Mario Odyssey are of average height, then that also goes to show that Bowser, King Koopa himself, might not be even that much taller than, like, six feet tall. Your average NBA player could probably play keep away with the great big bad of the most famous video game of all time. I wanted to talk about this both because it is a hilarious piece and you raised some interesting questions, but also because I have not played video games for a while. I used to be deeply into Command and Conquer on the PC, so I do have some cred. My clan won a lot of times. Good. But the Nintendo Switch is one of the most exciting systems I've seen in quite some time, and that might just be because... I was sort of put off by the Wii and the Wii U, and I've always been, like, super pro Nintendo before that. So I'm excited that we're seeing, even though it is kind of weird, it's more of a traditional console than the Wii, I think. Are you guys excited for the Switch? Should people be excited for the Switch? Let's let's bring this back out to society at large. (laughs) The human world. Yes. We're back in it now. I think there's a lot to be excited with the Switch, but I think some of my concerns are some of the long-running ones with the Switch. I mean, with Nintendo in general. The Switch has a lot of different things it can do. It's quite a Swiss army knife of features that aren't nearly as complicated as that might sound. It seems like something that a lot of people could have a lot of fun with. I love that we have this sort of semi-pseudo-portable system that you can finally take a bunch of massive games with you wherever you go on vacation or whatever. It's a pretty slim library of games that have been confirmed, and that in itself is not a huge concern, but in the past with the Wii and especially the Wii U, we just haven't seen... Like, we, we get the meat and potatoes or, like, a few big games a year but you don't really get much else other than that and that's what really seems to keep a lot of people's interest and just to have some 
sort of comfort in knowing that there are more games on the way, not even necessarily games you're personally excited about, just a more fleshed out library to give people the sensation that whatever their next favorite game is might just happen to be on the Nintendo Switch. That said, I think that problem could be resolved because we keep thinking of the Nintendo Switch as only the new Nintendo home console, but not also the replacement for, say, the DS or the 3DS, which don't suffer these same sort of problems. If this really is the hybrid, if this really is the combination of those two things, then we could be looking at something that could be very exciting. And if Nintendo communicates that this is also as much a portable as a home console, then I think people could really clue into that. Yeah, I, I'm actually quite excited for it. And I'm also someone who really liked the Wii, and I loved the Wii U. I was actually someone who said, if you don't have a, the budget to have every console, I think you can do pretty well with a Wii U and a PC for basically anything else that comes out, to be honest. Because I'm a Nintendo fan, I have been my entire life, I think they make some of the just the best and most interesting games they always kind of have. You could certainly get a good money's worth, potentially, out of something like Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is coming out on launch day, and Mario Odyssey, unless it, you know, unless something horrible happens. Uh, typically, Mario games and Zelda games tend to be very high quality. But, which is also to say... My concerns are actually somewhat more with the price point and the price point of some of the games that are coming out for it. I played 1-2 Switch the other day, which is a really fun sort of collection of games where you don't even need a screen. You're looking at another person. You're looking them in the eyes and doing, you know, sort of fake sword fights and fake games where you're sort of trying to guess how many balls are in a box. You're actually sort of moving the controller in that way. And that was so cool and it was so awesome. And then we talked about this on Waypoint Radio. I learned that that's a full price game and I was kind of like that really needs to be a packet. I <laughs> like, thought that was the Wii Sports of the exactly. Switch. Exactly. And I think a lot of people did. And it's like, guys, Nintendo, like you could really do this well using sort of some of those older techniques that you had like with the Wii kind of secretly packing in, not secretly, but packing in this game that a lot of people are going to love, a lot of people who aren't, you know, quote unquote gamers are going to really enjoy and play at parties. Like that's how you get in. Don't don't gate, you know, gate off the walls in this way basically. Anyone out there who has any roommate can attest that a Nintendo system is the one that probably gets the most plays because any system yeah. that has Mario Kart or Smash Brothers on it is going to, you know, pay their rent. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. My concern with the Wii U, and this is an entirely uninformed opinion, but it really felt like a half-assed effort from Nintendo. There wasn't a lot of fanfare around launch. Uh, it wasn't branded very well, and its lifespan was very short, or it mm -hmm. felt like it was very short. Like, they kind of took a mulligan on it after they launched it. And I don't know if that's just me not paying close attention. I know that it had some really great games. Uh, my brother had one, and I played it a little bit. But I never seriously thought about buying one because it didn't feel like Nintendo was taking it that seriously. And I don't know if that was a perception problem or if I just didn't. Yeah, I pay think, enough attention. I think a lot of people felt that way. Honestly, a lot of people thought, oh, it's just another Wii. I can play my Wii games on this or something. I mean, you could, there was some backwards compatibility, but like a lot of people thought, oh, I can buy this new game for my Wii and, you know, grandma or grandpa going to GameStop, you know, shopping for Christmas presents or whatever, wasn't going to know the difference between them. So I think branding was a massive problem for them for sure. And I, I don't know, it seems like this is maybe the proper sequel to the Wii in certain ways, the way they're sort of pos positioning it, the way they're sort of talking about it, which is cool. I hope it works out for them. But I, I also worry about sort of the pitfalls of the Wii, the Wii U kind of also showing up here for sure. 
even like someone like me who knows so much about video games, I wish I could take a vacation from the things I know about video games. <laughs> I was confused when the Wii U was first announced. It wasn't really coherent that this was a new console. All they really had was like, this is a new thing, and here's a video of a rendered hummingbird floating around a pond. <laughs> it wasn't communicated well, and yeah, it is fair to like compare this to like the death spiral of the Sega consoles with the 32x and the Sega CD and the Sega Saturn and all yes, the like, blood of that piece of hardware. Maybe mm-hmm. this one will catch on. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. now, but now it's like it's not like Nintendo's the only one doing that. They're just the only ones giving them different names. Because now we also have <laughs> the PlayStation Pro and the Xbox Scorpio, and it just seems like uncertainty is abound. And maybe Nintendo's is only the least subtle of them all. It's also doing different things, of course. Mm-hmm. People hybrid home and you know, take it with you thing. I actually think that's the most brilliant part of this uh, is sort of being like, hey, you know what we do really well is handheld consoles. Those tend to do, you know, pretty decent numbers for us. Those tend to do well. So let's uh, let's kind of use that in here as well. I I think that's awesome. And I'm, I'm sort of notorious for like not ever wanting to buy new technology. Like I'm always like, I don't care. I'm going to have my crappy phone until the day it dies. Like I don't want to buy new stuff, but even I am kind of like, okay, at least this is this is different. It's doing something new here. I could see that functionality actually being a cool thing in my life. One thing that would really bum me out is if they're already like getting rid of the the tablet touchscreen capabilities because I thought that was one of the like most interesting things about the Wii U. And I haven't had a chance to play Splatoon two, but I like oh. I have like concerns about how that we no longer have this map screen or a touchscreen how if the game will play as gracefully as it did there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I feel like more than any other video game company, people like to talk about Nintendo's business model and prognosticate about, you know, when it's going to die, even though they have tons of cash on hand. And I think that there's been a lot of this lately with Super Mario Run. And now there'll be a lot uh, saying... You know, if the Switch doesn't succeed, what does that mean? Because the Wii U didn't really succeed, and now they are possibly cutting in on their handheld, I still call them Game Boys, but their Game Boy market, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, do you guys agree in that the Switch needs to be a hit? Because not only are they saying this is a successor to Wii U, but this is also the successor to 3DS. People are going to be shaking their death rattles for Nintendo until the moment they announce that the new Pokemon comes out for the Nintendo Switch. And then suddenly everyone's going to act like it was so obvious that this was going to be a hit the whole time because now everyone's getting one because they ha- people have to follow Pokemon. You don't – that's not a tr- – you might be able to like, you know, neglect Mario Kart or Super Smash Brothers. You might be able to hold that off. But the moment it's like, well, if you want to follow the adventures of Pokemon, if you truly want to catch them all, then you don't have a choice anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair for yeah, sure. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point I think. <laughs> Um, were you guys as pissed off as Emmanuel uh, at the fact that Super Mario Run exists? No. Not at all. No. 
I've been because playing it. I really, really like it. It is really good. It's definitely the best runner I've ever played. Yeah. Uh, and as we were discussing before this podcast came on, I am a tablet and phone wildlife on the <laughs> pyramid of the PC Master Race, <laughs> which uh, you can read it if you want. It's uh, the lowest. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's the lowest rung. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even <laughs> a console peasant at this moment. If you're really looking for, like, the new Mario, something to push Mario further, then, yeah, it's not going to be up to that kind of snuff. But if you're looking for something that just makes a runner more interesting, then, yeah, it's a perfectly fine game. I like what they do with those coin runs. I like the way that the levels reshape themselves to make themselves more challenging. And the Toad Rally thing is just, like, a very simple kind of me versus shadows of other humans to make myself feel better. <laughs> kind of affair. Yeah, I only play Toad Run at this point, Toad Rally, and I really wish the stakes felt higher there because I know I'm not playing against anyone. I'm just playing against someone's ghost. <laughs> I do. I really like Super Mario Run. I think it's a very well implemented, very Nintendo esque game on mobile, which doesn't exist. Like the quality <laughs> of games on mobile is really bad. So I'm glad that they're doing that. Uh, some people, I think it, uh, Ian Bogos, who's been on this podcast before, said in the Atlantic. What is Mario running from? And he said he's running from the te- uh, from the phone itself, which you know is funny. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can you actually. say that again in a Herzog voice? <laughs> yeah, uh, I cannot, but you can try it. Uh, Maybe in a Mario voice. Yeah. Even yeah. <laughs> what is a Mario running from? <laughs> yeah, that's another thing that you mentioned in the piece is like, what is with Mario's voice? It's very, uh, very Italian stereotype. That's a huge concern because our understanding has to be that Mario is an Italian plumber because why else would he talk like that? Why else would we subject ourselves to listening to this guy doing this voice over and over again? Is it just going to turn out that Mario is like the Mushroom Kingdom's prop comic? It's just been a bit the whole time. The best thing I ever witnessed with with regards to that voice was uh, Charles Mar- Martinet, I think is his name, Martinet, uh, who mm-hmm. does the voice, was at an E3 once and uh, sort of like, he had one of those, oh, real-time CG uh, sort of puppetry aspect. I don't know the proper term for it, but basically Mario with the voice, with the Charles Martinet voice, was talking to the audience and was kind of like calling out like, oh, hey, hello, blah, 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 you know, people by name, and then completely ran out of things to say after, like, ten minutes of this, and clearly had to be like, fill some time, Charles, fill some time. And he was just like, oh, boy, and just just sitting there like, okay, what do I do? That was, you know, maybe that wasn't entirely relevant to whether or not Mario is human, but I felt the need to let you know that that happened in no, the real that, world. No, that is amazing, yeah. It's a real thing. <laughs> And I want to talk about other things that have happened in the real world. How's this for a segue? Before we go, what what is your favorite Mario? I feel like that's a worthwhile conversation, if you can even choose. Yes. And what is your favorite Mario tie-in product? Zach, you go first. I, ha- I have my answer, but you go ahead and you go first. All right, no pressure, I think. Well, I know some people would disagree on certain principles, but Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island is my favorite Super Nintendo game, so... I don't see reason why not. I couldn't say it's also my favorite Mario game, even if you're playing as Yoshi. It's a gorgeous game. How you play it is so addictive and so fun. It responds so well. You really feel like everything really just sort of connects with a lot of strange new ideas for the game. If people don't think that's a Mario game, if people think that's too far into Yoshi's territory, then I really like Super Mario Sunshine. Nice. Yeah, Mario Galaxy's fine and all, but I did really like the whole collect-em-up star-fetching thing from Mario 64. 
and Super Mario Sunshine continued with that, and now apparently Odyssey's returning to that sort of format, which I like a lot. And uh, best Super Mario just like merchandise? That's a tough one. I think I had those like Super Mario Brothers like children's shampoos growing up in the 90s. <laughs> uh, so you got to take Mario, you didn't get to take a Mario toy in the back. You get really just... greasy plumber hair. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, rub it all over your face, hoping like a, a nice wing-shaped mustache would grow in. That's really good. I was really worried you were going to take my favorite Mario games, but I think they dovetail nicely with mine. My Probably my favorite 2D Mario was Super Mario World, the first uh, SNES game. I think it just sort of really encapsulates sort of the great design of the NES Mario games, but ten times more on every level. Sort of the power-ups were more interesting. They gave you so many more sort of verbs as a player. That's the sort of the way that you fly in Mario 3 versus the way that you fly in Mario World is is wildly different and allows for more nuance. I, I just think it's one of the best designed 2D platformers ever. And for the 3D games, God, I just absolutely love Mario 64. I keep going back to it. It's sort of this weird thing where I, I played the whole thing, you know, in 1997, a little bit after it came out, and played, you know, 120 stars, did the whole deal with it. Just so enamored with that game. I think it's beautiful and amazing. Sunshine's also great, so I, I like that. I like that pick, too. <laughs> Nintendo doesn't always make perfect games, but some of the most perfect games, you know, they've made, and whether that's Super Mario 64 or Paper Mario or Yoshi's Island, like, they just, there's just constant examples of these games that feel solid as a rock. God, yeah. Yep, those would be my my. Yeah, picks. mine. You took mine, so mine oh, would sorry. be Super <laughs> Super Mario World on SNES, uh, then probably uh, Mario Three nice. under that, which I love, and it's so fucking hard. It's so yes. hard <laughs> towards the end. I mean, like trying to beat that without using the flutes is very difficult. World Eight uh, is tough, and I try every now and then to to get through it, and uh, I have yet to beat the game without using any flutes so <laughs> that's embarrassing but uh and then uh 3d mario is definitely mario 64 um i didn't go deep into galaxy uh i only sort of played sunshine so uh that's my order and then mario merch is i recently discovered that there's a super mario pinball game that's relatively rare and there's two there's two of them oh yes uh, this is a tie-in for you zach because mm. zach is writing a book about the history of pinball right now so you can probably talk more about this. But the one that I'm talking about is like a short game. Like it's it's not as long as a normal uh, pinball machine. And they have one at Sunshine Laundromat in Greenpoint near here. So nice. it's a laundromat. In the back, they have a top secret pinball bar. It's awesome. Uh, and on this pinball game, they have pipes, which is cool. So you hit the ball into the pipe, and then it like transports the ball from the back to the front, which is very cool. It's very like fast switch cat-like reflexes are necessary to play. So I really like that. Those machines are smaller because they are more intended for children because the average pinball machine, I guess, is... Yeah. (laughs) That's why I like it. You get more bang for your quarter. Well, yeah, they're hard, but they're also intended for, like, bars and, like, drunk people. And that's why so many pinball machines are based around, like, fishing and golf is because a lot of these machines have a very specific audience in mind of who they're catering to. So I don't think anyone else who has gone in this bar with me likes the Mario game at all. But is this considered to be a good pinball game, Mr. Pinball Historian? I don't think the lay down on whether or not it's canonically a marvelous or bad machine. I can say it's not one of the greats by any measures. But, you know, there are people out there who love it. People love it. As long as someone loves it, then that's all that really matters. That's a good metaphor for life. That's so lame. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is so lame. The panel is split on is this it one. Good or bad? This is a this is a podcast for strong takes. This particular one. I have one final question to sort of linger out with. One last bit of disturbance is that. If Mario has always been this close to the real world, how do we think or consider everything else? Like, is it going to turn out the kingdom of Hyrule is just a few miles out from Sedona or something? I mean, that'd be cool, honestly. Like, considering <laughs> considering the world we live in and the horrors of it, I'd be I'd be totally cool with having you know cartoon heroes <laughs> as well as cartoon monsters. At least then somebody can you know save the day and make everything great. So, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. Hyrule can be next door. <laughs> yeah, this this is the other take I wanted to get into uh, in this podcast express. I'm pondering this now. Maybe that's the new Red Dead is actually set in Hyrule. That's the that's the real thing that's Could going be. on here. Yeah. That would explain why you summon your horse by playing a Pona's song. Emmanuel did before we started this, he sent me a YouTube video of someone who made like a Grand Theft Auto mod where it's just Mario causing a shit in New York City. It just kind of looks like a like a simulator of Times Square to have like the mascot guys just running around and kicking uh, trash cans over. Yeah. Well, New Donk City looks very much like it could be Grand Theft Auto. Like oh, it's Mario, all coming together. Rockstar and Nintendo yeah. all They're coming merging. together. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was Shigeru Miyamoto and oh, my. <laughs> they're just releasing it. <laughs> I think we should call it here. If anyone is still with us, thank you so much for listening to us ramble. <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for being on. You guys should listen to Danielle's podcast. It's Waypoint Radio. They took our name. I'm sorry. Of, well, actually, they didn't because we're Radio Motherboard. But oh, listen yeah. to Waypoint Radio. They're very good. Uh, and if you like this podcast, theirs is kind of like this, but better. Oh. <laughs> well, we, we have fun. But, you know, thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Get a waypoint.vice.com for all of our stuff about gaming and Mario and so on. Yeah, you can subscribe to their podcast wherever podcasts are sold. And <laughs> you can also subscribe to our podcast uh, at Radio Motherboard. But I assume you're already here. So please tell your friends about us. Uh, we're on iTunes and all podcast apps. And Zach, when is your book coming out and what's it called? The title's still debating, but it actually is going to come out later this year. If you want to know more, just follow me on Twitter, which is it's Zed. It's like Zach with like 16 Yeah, if you just Google Zach Coatser, you'll find it. Or you could play a magic conch and I'll Uber in your direction. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Just summon me like that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'm Jason Kebler. We were produced and edited by Tim Barnes. Yeah, Tim. And yeah, thanks for listening, Tim. Tim is laughing right now. Tim is great. Tim's having a great time. Tim is wonderful. Everyone, enjoy uh, Inauguration Day. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week. I hope. <laughs> Plumbing's a game. We're not like the others who get all the fame. If your sink is in trouble, you can call us on the double. We're faster than the others. You'll be hooked on the brothers. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.